Welcome along to the Brain for Business, Brain for Life podcast with me, Lawrence Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. I'm delighted to welcome to this episode of Brain for Business, Brain for Life, Professor Barry Quinn. Barry is Professor of Retail Marketing at the University of Ulster Business School in Jordanstown outside Belfast. His areas of expertise include SME growth and innovation in various sectors, including food and retail, and he's published widely in these areas. Beyond his academic work, Barry has worked closely with SMEs on several European projects that have looked at policy support and business development needs. More recently, Barry has been examining the drivers and motivations of consumers to buy local, something that has perhaps become more relevant and resonant over recent months. Barry, great to speak to you. Thanks, Sai. Thanks for having me. So perhaps a, a place to start might be, you know, if we think most broadly, what are the key factors that influence consumer buying decisions? Well, there's a whole range of uh, different factors. There's uh, consumer, their own attitudes uh, towards the produce, uh, uh, motivations that you can say it really develop or rise out of those attitudes that they possess, uh, social pressures, uh, influences of, of peers, family, uh, role models, uh, and, and, and so on. Um, and then you know, demographic factors as well are going to have an impact, income levels, uh, uh, age, uh, gender, uh, all those sorts of sorts of issues. So I suppose starting with people's outlooks or attitudes, informing their motivations, and then those other range of, uh, I suppose, external uh, uh, factors and influences that shape the final purchase uh, decision, really. So uh, for marketers, you know, there's a whole range of, of issues there to, to be aware of. Um, and uh, thinking about the purchase decision, not solely in terms of the, the person who uh, buys a product or service, but also those other um, stakeholders or uh, reference groups, or whatever term you want to use them, that can influence that individual in the purchase. So, fairly complex process. Okay. So, how then, you know, perhaps if we take an example, how might that vary between different demographics, different age groups, different different countries? Are there any particular drivers that push people one direction or another in terms of the factors influencing their buying decisions? Well, I suppose you know, marketers are going to be looking for opportunities to tap into uh, target groups uh, that share similar outlooks, attitudes, buying preferences and, and, and share similar sort of characteristics. And that obviously can be within a region, within a country, within the country as a whole, or there could be you know international opportunities from, from identifying um, groups that share similar characteristics uh, across you know um, country borders, if you like. Uh, you know, within, for instance, I mean, marketers would look at, uh, uh, could possibly segment uh, you know, in terms of the British Isles rather than purely uh, in terms of Great Britain or, or um, um, Northern Ireland or, or the Republic of Ireland. Uh, they could look at opportunities uh, across, across Europe, uh, for instance, in the Scandinavian region, where there'd be uh, uh, perhaps some similar um, shared uh, buying preferences uh, 
uh, between likes of Sweden or Denmark or uh, you know within uh, more Central Europe, um, similar um, cultures, um, um, shared languages between uh, you know Germany and Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Switzerland and France, and and, and so on. Um, so at a high high level, you know. Um, Marketers need, need need to be aware of those those opportunities, um, not just on a, on a country by country basis, but uh, across um, uh, country lines and, and borders. Uh, your question there about uh, well, you know, um, particular I suppose factors that um, impact upon uh, the, the purchase decision. If you, in the international sense, you're obviously looking at how various. Uh, very different cultures will impact upon consumers' outlooks, attitudes, beliefs, and so on. Um, religious differences, language differences, all major implications, and you know there are obviously big differences between them. Um, in academia, we would call them high context cultures. You would see in uh, Asian markets, Middle East, uh, uh, Southeast Asia, and, and so on, uh, where you would expect to see you know very, very different norms and behaviors and. and um, uh, attitudes towards things like colors um, uh, marketing messages um, and so on compared to um, Western society uh, American consumers uh, uh, European consumers um, based largely on, on obviously cultural religious differences and um, so on um, and then you have uh, you differing attitudes motivations behaviors across um, genders, um, age categories, in income um, groups, uh, and and so on. And, and given those factors, are there specific elements that might motivate people to buy local, or are perhaps to rephrase it, are, are some segments, as as you mentioned, they're more likely to to buy local than others? Generally, when we um, think about local food ban behaviour. There, there, there is a, a I suppose a stereotypical uh, uh, picture of, of the local food uh, uh, consumer, and that normally would be a female, um, a slightly older age group, uh, someone coming from a maybe um, higher income background. Uh, that's that, that's generally the picture of, of uh, the typical local food buyer. The, the, the research has been carried out, and this is a bit mixed. Um, and studies have looked at uh, the impact of different demographic factors like age, um, gender, education level, income level, and so on. And and there are, you know, as with a lot of research, there are conflicting results. Um, but generally, generally, the the the, the the, the belief would be that uh, for the most part um, local food ban behaviors is more I suppose prevalent in uh, those um, old, older age groups with more disposable income to pay uh, slightly higher prices for for the benefits that can be gained from um, buying a premium type local local food uh, produce that isn't mass-produced and heavily processed and, and so on. 
And and so is that then thinking about those key characteristics that you were highlighting there? And you know, admittedly, as you mentioned, the research has thrown up mixed results. But are, for example, so the the age point you mentioned, or the the wealth uh, relative wealth you mentioned, is that just a, a function of people you know maturing and, and being becoming more successful and so wanting to to find what they perceive to be something which is better or is it perhaps a consequence of upbringing and sort of overall maybe some social class if i can use that term or, or is it something else altogether well i think i think there are other things at play um age possibly related to the the, the fact that the the um the, the um Older consumer use terms like old uh, older, you know, um, probably we're, we're, you know, referring to, uh, well, I don't want to put a particular age on it, but, um, you know, beyond, the, I suppose, the, 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 the 18 to 34 year old bracket. Um, so above and beyond that, you're, you're talking about that type of consumer who um, may be more in tune with or, or, or more acutely aware of the need to support the, the local economy, local businesses, um, their sort of civic sort of duty, I suppose. Um, the, the in, in terms in 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 terms of, of gender, although obviously there there have been a, a huge um, shifts in, in uh, who within the household you know is, is doing the grocery shopping um, over over the years, uh, it still would be the case that uh, um, the the female the head of the household the female um, within the, the household uh, is still largely responsible for the grocery shopping, so there are strong links between. Um, uh, gender still and and local food purchasing and grocery shopping, um, so that's that's gender and in the age. Um, in terms of of income level, there is a premium to be paid for for local food produce because uh, it is more intensive. Um, I suppose uh, less reliant on 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 technology for production and so on. So it does carry a, a slightly uh, higher cost. Um, than say, for instance, supermarkets own labelled, um, uh, in some cases, uh, more heavily processed uh, alternatives. So cost is an element um, which uh, and, uh, you know will invariably uh, uh, be more, uh, I suppose, uh, amenable to, uh, to to higher income uh, families. Uh, who are able to pay that slightly higher premium? So those are sorts of they're, they're, those are the sort of uh, I suppose um, factors behind the, the 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 links between those those demographic uh, groupings and um, a tendency to buy uh, more locally produced food products. Uh, another factor just to just throw into all of that would be uh, the location of the uh, of the consumer. And research has tended to show strong links between uh, individuals living in, in rural areas in the countryside and um, their local food purchasing habits. So um, people living in the countryside, closer to farmers, closer to agriculture, more acutely aware uh, of, of local food produce. And from a purely accessible convenience point of view, you know, the, the, uh, able perhaps to, to visit a farm or a farmer's market and um, buy the food and not um, rely as heavily on uh, on visiting um, supermarkets and so on. Uh, whereas um, 
consumers in urban locations on the whole um a lot of research over the years has found that um because of i suppose convenience factors accessibility uh, again um those act as um barriers to purchase among uh, uh, consumers in, in built up um highly urbanized areas that don't have the same opportunities you know that um, rural based consumers would have so there's a link between location as well and, and uh, uh, tendency to buy local food produce that's that's interesting because on a certain level if you have the the stereotype which you know i know we were perhaps teasing out uh, already a little bit you might think that sort of that that um possibly more sort of hipster uh, element might be more interested in in buying local uh, as opposed to say people in 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 rural areas so the urban hipster but you're saying actually people in in uh, rural areas who are more acutely aware as you put it of uh, the the benefits of supporting the local economy are, are perhaps more likely to, uh, to 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 buy local yeah, I think I think really um, uh, I'm speaking in I suppose more general terms when I say that um, there will obviously be uh, will be you know, an element and, and maybe a strong element of demand too in, ur in urban areas. But I, I, I guess I suppose the research we've conducted over the years has just found I suppose a greater um, tendency to buy local among rural-based consumers. Um, but of course, there will, will I mean there's examples of uh different types of initiatives start, starting up in, in city centers over the years um uh, you know the idea of uh, uh local produce is coming you know yeah, more into the city, the city center through um well through through um multiples themselves and their um their, their um, in-town outlets cities based outlets that uh uh, you know, promote uh, local produce too, and you have your dallies, of course, and uh, independence and all of that. Um, so there will be those opportunities for the more, I suppose, um, uh, locally aware uh, urban urban consumer. Um, but it, I suppose just in very general terms, uh, uh, research has shown that uh, you know. Um, uh, a differentiation between being rural and urban urban based consumers i would just maybe make one one, one point about the research we've conduct, conducted at ulster university and um we, we we looked at this actually looked at this issue around the, the location of the consumer and the, the urban and uh, the, the the rural mix um and we found that um there, there's uh, evidence of of consumers that are urban based um but of strong rural connections uh, in that um, although they're, they're living in city centres or higher populated areas uh, they may be more aware of um, strongly aware of the opportunities of, of supporting local, locally produced food um, because of maybe earlier childhood experiences or time spent in the countryside visiting relatives uh, uh, having an opportunity to visit maybe farms when they were um, younger uh, and those earlier childhood experiences or rural connections, as, as we call them in the paper that, that we've uh, produced, uh, have an important role to play as well in, in shaping um, attitudes um, and, intention, and intentions to, to purchase local, local food. So it's not necessarily where the consumer is located at the moment, but it's, it's also uh, in terms of their, I suppose, their emotional and um, uh, maybe historical connections 
to um, the countryside uh, and rurality, which has a role to play too. You, you used a really interesting term there, intention to purchase. Is there a difference when we're talking about something like this between someone's stated intention versus their actual behavior? And I know, say, from political polling, there's always that gap between what people say they're going to do and what they actually do when it comes to polling day. But is there anything similar when it comes to to, 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 to buying local and, and, and to, uh, to, to buying food and other produce? Yes. Uh, obviously, uh, being positively inclined towards um, the thought of, of buying and supporting um, local food production is obviously going to um, be critical to the actual next step, which is visiting a farmer's market, visiting a supermarket, a local deli, independent, uh, whoever it is, and, and, and buying the produce. Um, obviously, so the, so the link between attitudes, intentions, and actual behaviour, um, uh, that's a strong linkage between, between all three, obviously. Um, but because um, someone may be strongly dis, dis, pre, um, disposed towards buying local food uh, and be positive towards it, it doesn't always translate until uh, uh, an actual food per, uh, local food purchase or um, buying behaviour. And, and that's really due to a couple of reasons. Uh, price in the end up is, is still a barrier. Uh, as I said a little bit earlier, for um, people who are um, I mean, in lower, from lower income uh, groups, um, so you have price and you also have uh, accessibility and convenience, uh, which are barriers as well. Uh, again, for uh, depending on where the consumer lives, um, they're. they're, they're um, uh, uh, whether they live uh, you know, near farmers markets, um, whether they, they live uh, near um, independent stores that support local farmers and so on heavily. Um, all those things have to be factored, factored in, in as well. Uh, so um, if you ask a group of people, are they positive towards um, the idea of buying local food for various reasons, whether it be health reasons, uh, uh, the idea of supporting local farmer or, or jobs in the local community and so on when it actually comes to making the purchase there, there are still a number of barriers that can uh, uh, present themselves well, one thing that, that strikes me is that with, with all the, the the best intentions and i know we, we touched there on that that sort of purchase intention but with all the best intentions in recent years there has nonetheless been that apparent shift to online shopping and i think that seems to have been further solidified by the um, but by the covid crisis how has that impacted on people's desire to buy local when we speak about online shopping uh, i would guess a lot of people associate online shopping with um with the, you know, the multiple supermarkets and their home delivery services so on uh, which which would account obviously for a lot of that, that uh, um, consumers um, grocery shopping activity online. Um, we should bear in mind that um, the, the large supermarkets, the multiples, have been pushing the, the local food um, agenda pretty strongly in recent years. So um, although online grocery shopping is, is largely in the hands of, of the large multiples, uh, when people go online and, and um, look at their choices, 
they will have you know lots of choice and availability around um local, you know locally supplied fruit and vegetables um depending on the season of course of the year uh but also you know packaged um items uh convenience items that will you know uh in many cases be provided by uh locally locally um, branded uh, food producers so there is still you know big opportunities that have been um, for buying local food produce through uh the, the large multiples uh online um uh services you, you mean we're starting to see you I mean you will I, I would I would say over, over time you'll see more examples of independence um farmer shops delis um go more online than there's a case at the moment um and there will be and, and there are you know um some some examples out there of um of, of food box schemes um within, within um you know small geographical areas where you can go online and uh for subscription uh, fee, uh, you know, have fruit and veg and so on delivered uh, at home and all of all of that. But for the most part, we're still talking about the, the large multiples. But they have, as I said, they have been pushing the, the local food agenda um, because they realise the, the the growing importance of that to consumers. There's an increasing, there has been an increasing awareness um, of the benefits of buying local food uh, for some time now, and the the, the large multiples are, are savvy enough to. To know that they have to respond to that, and you can see it even within their stores and other websites, the the signings that they give, um, you know, showing local farmers and and, and local producers and, and so on. Um, given what's happened recently in recent months with COVID nineteen, uh, and the um, increased on uh, online um, food buying um, activity, you would expect to see um, you know um, more of those various varying types of, of food outlet, as I've mentioned, the independence and so on, uh, uh, starting to, to uh, tap into that market um, more. If on the one hand, the the independence and, and perhaps also the uh, the multiples have been trying to tap into the that local market more through, through COVID-19, do you think there's also been an impact from the COVID-19 situation on people's purchasing motivations, uh, do you think there there has been a uh, an impact or a particular trend stemming from that? Well, it's uh, still early days, uh, so I suppose there's not a clear picture yet as to how uh, shopping behaviours are being affected. We all know the, the anecdotal stories around uh, you know um, the types of products that, that, that um, people rushed to, to buy at the start of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, the the shortages on the supermarket shelves as a result and so on, um, but specifically in terms of of, of food and the impact for in terms of um, uh, the demand for for local food, there are going to be um, I suppose shorter and longer term impacts. The longer term we 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 don't know about obviously. Um, in the shorter term, you know what's happening right now. Uh, I would hazard a guess and say that um, without any. Um, uh, solid research at this stage behind us to, to back this up um, but if you look anecdotally at what's what seems to be happening uh, consumers uh, have supported have strongly supported the, the local independent stores uh, during 
COVID-19 to date um, for varying reasons um, uh, you know, around maybe their own their own safety as, as, as a primary reason and, and wanting to avoid um, the large supermarkets which uh, tend to be perhaps um, a lot busier um, and the, the local, local independent stores whether they're totally independent or part of a, of a bigger um, symbol buying group uh, tend to support uh, local producers quite heavily uh, so um, as a result uh, you know they um, in the short term at least the impact on, on the local food scene uh, has been quite good um, the move to um, online um, purchasing you could argue um, as, as more people have got into the habit of buying groceries online uh, during the pandemic you could argue that's a, that's a major um, um, uh, change in the market that's, that's going to now um, be um, longer lasting as I've just um, talked about uh, even in the larger um, multiple stores um, there is still a, there's a, a push to, to promote local food so um, that shouldn't be such an issue there but we may see you know uh, as I said more of the um, uh, non-traditional um, uh, online players come into the market the, the independence um, delis farmers markets and and um, so on um, I mean there are other implications and um, closure of, of restaurants you can argue has impacted um, on the local food market uh, to a, a great degree uh, in that um, you know farmers are you know um, not having the same opportunity to, to sell their, their produce through supermarkets that were closed um, longer term possible impacts uh, could be uh, well we might see more of an awareness of the need to support uh, uh, local producers um, and the local economy what we've seen during the pandemic is um, uh, lots of good community spirit uh, and once uh, consumers have, have experienced that uh, then they may want to keep that, um, that that community ethos and spirit going through continuing to support uh, local producers and local jobs and and, um, and so on. Um, but in the short term as well, you have your economic issues, uh, a recession uh, hitting um, people in their, their pockets and so on. So um, that could play out in, in terms of how people view um, the price they want to pay for food items uh, in the short term. But long, long term, um, there may be um, a greater realization of the of the of the, of the benefits of um, supporting local food produce because it's not only does it does it support jobs and 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 and, um, and the local economy and and all of that, um, but it's either health benefits uh, produce is readily available through the through the pandemic, uh, as I alluded to a few moments ago. Uh, you know, certain products, product lines, categories were, were um, short supply during the, the worst days of the pandemic. But uh, the local food produce uh, tends to be uh, uh, more readily available and less impacted uh, by um, you know those supply chain difficulties that, that have impacted the bigger brand products that uh, in many cases are, are, are sourced. Um, I'd say the island of Ireland and, and um, beyond, across, across Europe and so on.
I know we've been talking a lot about food, but just, I guess, as a, a brief aside, would you also expect that those same trends to apply to non-food products from the, 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 the pandemic period? Or is that something you're unsure of? I would say the same issues around uh, supporting local business, supporting local jobs, the sense of community spirit applies equally to non-food products. Uh, you could apply the same sort of thinking, really, principles to um, small shops selling a variety of um, of goods, not just food. Uh, you could apply the same sort of principles and thinking to uh, uh you know, various types of um, service sector providers and and so on. So I think that um, that that issue around wanting to uh, support local business uh, is, is 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 pretty important. And um, I would, it's it's really difficult to know at this point, but um, there is a case there for saying that. Um, the, 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 I suppose the, the change in behaviours and outlooks um, possibly brought brought about by this pan, pan, pandemic of COVID-19 uh, could lead to a greater appreciation of um, of those sorts of more social uh, or civic issues in the longer term. And I would argue that would apply not, not just to food, but uh, to, to um, a range of different um, uh sectors that represent local, local business and the local community um, and so on. And uh, what I haven't really touched upon is the, 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 the there's a bigger trend out there at the moment and has been for a number of years. That's the, um, the environmental dimension and uh, particularly among the um, younger age category of you know, teens through to early 30s, 34, that sort of age group. Um, there is a stronger awareness of climate change and um, the impact on the environment of uh, 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 you know, buying um, locally or, or um, uh, importing goods that have a lot of um, hermits behind them. Um, so that's, that's a dimension, I think, that uh, or a trend that applies not just obviously to food, but to a range of, of different um, product categories. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if if a local business, particularly a local food business, came to you, um, what do you think might be some of the key things you would advise them in terms of how they might encourage consumers to, to buy local from them? I think you always need a product that uh, has a strong story behind it, unique selling point, um, that has given really your customers or consumers a reason to buy the product. Uh, so um, strong branding, uh, unique selling point, a point of differentiation, uh, were all, all important factors. And uh, also I would say tapping into um, those bigger, bigger trends uh, around um, health and a greater consumer awareness of um, the ingredients of food items, um, issues like um, authenticity and, and provenance. Um, and in other words, the, the, the quality of the, of, of the food product, its ingredients, um, uh, where it's been um, uh, sourced from, uh, how it was um, produced, the, the conditions around that, uh, 
consumers are becoming have become over a number of years now more acutely aware of of those um, traceability issues that that have health implications uh, simply because of the, the exposure around these sorts of areas uh, food scares um, what we see in the news um, TV documentaries and so on and around all of this uh, so being acutely aware of, of health related factors that the provenance of, of the food produce um, uh, translating uh, or, or responding I suppose to consumer concerns around those issues in your labeling your packaging uh, telling the story around the product particularly um, Consumers are particularly interested when it comes to one of the big attractions of, of, of um, buying locally produced food is knowing where it's come from, um, the story behind the product. Uh, is it a family generational product? Um, what what um, were the origins of, of the of the business and so on? Telling that story either through your packaging, uh, imagery, uh, use of social media is a, a big tool for um, small food producers that, that don't simply don't have the resources to um, promote themselves heavily through um, advertising and, and, and TV um, advertising, communications and so on. So using social media cleverly to tell the story about your product uh, is, is really important um, and that allows you as well to interact with your customer, listen to their um, feedback about the product, um, um, find out a little bit more about um, their motivations and so on and develop a relationship with the, with the customer. and. So there, there are a number of ways in which the, the, the small local food producer can um, differentiate themselves and stand out on a, on a really on a crowded shelf um, space um, uh, within the, the, the larger multiple stores. Okay, fascinating. Well, Professor Barry Quinn of uh, Ulster University Business School, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Laurie. Thanks for having me. Our theme song, La La Song, Electronic Beat Time and Dream Sequence by Lorenzo's Music is licensed under an attribution, share and share alike license.